With this podcast, we will provide you with conversations about all things wellness, personal growth and development, as well as nutrition guidance and stories based on our own experience as we move through transitions in our life. So tune in for the next episode. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Well, welcome to episode number five, where we're going to continue our chat on mental health awareness in October. And this time around, I've asked Sabina to talk through a little bit about how we can fuel our bodies. We talked with Jamie Ann in our last episode about how we can protect our mind and our energy. And this time I thought, you know, Sabina has helped me so much in the past year, know what my body needs and maybe what my body is craving is really good for my body. So I listen to it or when I'm craving something that I know is not actually what my body needs. So Sabina, I know from experience what you do and how you do it, but maybe you can tell our listeners what you actually went to school for and and what you're up to. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. I worked with Jamie together and we mentioned that a couple times before for the past year. So my whole belief has come from what you put into your body is really dictating about how you're going to feel. And I believe in real food and whole foods. So I went to school for nutritional therapy. I went to the Nutritional Therapy Association. And basically how we see the body, it's it's all connected, right? And it starts with your gut. So the way how I approach it is it's a very long initial first questionnaire So we fill out a bunch of questions, which tells me really, really in detail about where the root cause of your health issues or even issues that you don't know are. So with Jamie, I don't know if I can tell a little bit about your issues. Yeah, of course. Jamie, we didn't really, she didn't really think there was much she has to figure out because she felt really healthy. She felt really good. And um, she, she was strong. She was working out. She knew she had to cook a couple more meals at home. (laughs) So we started there. And what the questionnaire did, it showed me that her adrenals and her thyroid was kind of off the roof. So we tried to lower her stress. And with that, the first initial thing we did is we actually cut off the caffeine. Is that right? Do I remember that right? Yeah, the coffee was the first thing. Actually, I think you said... Okay, if you had to choose between giving up coffee or alcohol, which one would you choose? And I immediately shared alcohol and you said, okay, great. So we're going to cut out the coffee. (laughs) (laughs) It was a trick question. (laughs) So this is actually to jump right in. The thing that you cannot say no to most of the times is the one you actually extremely allergic to or your body does not want at all but you crave it all the time so your body will tell you already what is the most toxic thing for you to eat or drink and I think the coffee made a huge change in you right yeah it did I think you know I it's so normal 
in in our society that you wake up and you have a cup of coffee and maybe you even have a second cup before you really start your day. And now with so many beautiful choices for coffee, I think it has just become a norm where, you know, you if you're tired in the afternoon, you have a cup of coffee to get yourself through the end of your day. And so it became a real norm for me. I was a little bit nervous about it because you hear about the headaches that you might have. I was not looking forward to being groggy or not being super mentally clear while I was getting the caffeine out of my system and and having, you know, this new routine in place. And what I found was that replacing it with sources of energy that are that work differently in your body. So taking time to do that resource. And I actually found matcha. And so I would still have that ritual in the morning. I would froth my oat milk and instead of adding espresso to it, I would add the matcha to it. And although the taste wasn't what I was familiar with, the ritual of having a warm something in my hand as I started my day, I think mentally was the same and felt very familiar. And I was so pleasantly surprised that I actually didn't have any of those headaches or mental fuzziness that I was anticipating. And of course, that's not going to be the case for everyone. Everyone's body reacts differently, but mm-hmm. it was an easy switch. And I I had anticipated that it was going to be grueling. And I was, to be honest, and you know this already, kind of mumbling under my breath the first couple of mornings, like, I cannot believe she's making me do this. I don't want to. <laughs> Why can't I just have coffee? And it's been so great. I don't miss it anymore. And in fact, I'm in the Bay Area right now for a couple of weeks. So that's where I'm recording from at this moment. And I had met up with a friend and we went to a Phil's Coffee, which Sabina is very familiar with. And it's so funny because it's been such a large thing in the Bay Area for a while now. And I've, I feel like I'm the only one on the planet who's never had a Phil's Coffee. <laughs> And so I was like, okay, I'm actually going to have a coffee today because how can you go to Phil's for the first time and not not enjoy one? And so I actually had my friend order for me. I was like, well, what what is your go-to? Because I want something really decadent and delicious. And you know, I need to really, if I'm gonna do this, I want to have the whole You're experience. You're gonna go full way. You're gonna go all the way. Yeah. So I had oat milk, I had a dash of cardamom, I had a little bit of honey in there, and I got a small, uh, whatever their small size is actually called, and it was amazing. And I was thinking, oh gosh, am I opening up the floodgates here? Am I going to (laughs) say, oh, now I need a fills every day? And I didn't. The next morning, I was back to my normal routine and I didn't feel deprived. Uh, So I think for me now at this point, I'm definitely in a stage where I don't crave it. I don't need it. It's not a part of my morning routine. And I didn't notice a jittery high for a lack of better word. When I had that different type of influx of caffeine, there was no crash and I slept really great that night as well. So I think my body is recharged and recalibrated to where I can have a cup of coffee once in a while if I want to, without having any of the negative side effects. And this is exactly what my work is all about. So Jamie just explained to you what I do. 
It is basically trying to take things that really aggravate your system, your gut, your adrenals, um, your mental capacity. Everything that you don't think is affecting you affects you actually. So for Jamie, it's been a year that she has been not drinking coffee, almost a year. And I knew it's going to be really hard for her. And I, at the same time, wanted to live by my words too, right? Not just... What do you say? Like talk to talk to talk, but also walk to walk. Right. So and I started to take the coffee away, too. And I've been, as Jamie mentioned, I actually worked for Phil's Coffee. So my coffee intake wasn't high, but I had my regular strong coffee every day. So and I needed it. And things I explore with my clients, too, is what is the emotional attachment to the foods you're craving so much? Why is there such a big part of breaking up with them and that's 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 why I did it with her together and for me I feel like it was actually a lot harder to break up with it than it was for you I relapsed a couple of times and it was really interesting I immediately saw a change like every time I would have the coffee it affected my mood I became well let's just say it I became a bitch after four hours of drinking it um, I was extremely moody. I was cranky. I had this big crash and I couldn't get out of the hole. And it took me every time again, I think three or four times that I realized I cannot have coffee. My adrenals cannot handle it. My gut cannot handle it. My blood sugar, um, my blood glucose cannot handle it. So I just took it off, um, switched over to matcha as well. And I have no trouble going to bed anymore. I don't have any trouble um, getting up in the morning. I have a really stable energy throughout the whole day. And as Jamie said, like how she felt, we healed her gut so much that now she can reintroduce those things, really enjoy them, knowing, oh my God, this is going to be the best cup ever. And I'm going to love it. And tomorrow I'm probably going to have a regular one again. And at the same time, we didn't just work on the coffee, right? We also worked on reducing the stress in so many other departments. So, and I think. This is what really my work is about, like tuning in to yourself, listening to the symptoms that you that your body is signaling you and not disregarding them and really also feeling good about what you eat. Like you're eating those fresh vegetables and those fresh fruits and um, you're eating really good meat where you know they are not full of hormones and just being really mindful of what you put in your body. And even if you don't, you are not mindful, which throughout the season that will happen. <laughs> Just know that this certain food can really make you feel that way. But when you're in the moment, just enjoy it because the food automatically will give you stress most likely. So don't even stress yourself out thinking about it that you are eating it at the moment. So just enjoy it as you can and then just notice the next day, go back to eating the good things. Yeah. And I... I think, so if someone, I think I know the answer to what you would ask someone to take out, um, which would be the caffeine, the coffee. If you're only going to take, remove one thing from your diet as you try to heal your gut, what would it be? Caffeine, I think is your answer. And if you're only going to add in one healthy thing, I know your work is not universal in the sense that it's one-stop shop for everyone. But if you had to choose one healthy, beautiful thing to add into a universal diet, what would it be? 
Shout out to Karen Hurt right here. I would tell you, <laughs> put in some beans. Eat some beans with every meal and that will just help you detoxify so nicely. Beans are the only um, soluble fiber that can encapsulate the, the unhealthy toxins and eliminate them with your waste. So it's a really good thing to introduce. Beans are not a bad thing. And if you are having for the first two weeks bloating or you have gas or yeah, you're not you're feeling pretty full, that is just a side effect of what has actually been going on and the beans actually taking away the waste. And it's always the same case. When you introduce something healthy, you might break out the first time. You might see just like the harm it's done to you. But it's not because you can't have that food. It's because it's taking care of what's bad in your body, what's going on in your body for the first couple of weeks. I love that. And so for those of you who might not have heard about Karen Hurd, um, and that's H-U-R-D, she's not affiliated with us in this podcast in any way, but I've found and really been sharing with everyone. They think I'm like the crazy bean lady now because I tell everyone about Karen Hurd. And I, before this, um, was not a huge fan of beans. And now I love them. Uh, they're actually really easy to incorporate in meals. Uh, they're pretty universal. And there are some like navy beans that really take on whatever flavor you mix them with. And so I noticed a massive difference. And I actually went onto Karen's website, which uh, I believe is just her name, karenherd.com. And she has a plethora, this large library of beautiful uh, recipes that you can can choose. And so some are for men, some are for women. Uh, For me, I chose, I don't, I forget what she calls it, but it was essentially just a general wellness Yeah. And it's about two hours. It's broken down into very easy chapters. There are videos. You can, you know, watch it in the background. I sometimes still put it on because I feel like there's so much in there that it takes more than one time watching it all the way through to really get all of the tips and tricks. And then um, I actually, I'm due to watch it again because (laughs) I you know, I've been through it. I'm totally subscribed to the bean protocol, that insoluble fiber. And there's some very scientific pieces to back it up. And Karen's, um, if you just Google her, there's a couple of podcasts that she's been interviewed on, um, that share her story, which is incredible how she healed her daughter and then later on healed herself. And, and now she has just she has a wait list and clients, you know, just flock to her because of all of these things. And it's so simple. And when you, Sabina first shared this with me, you'd listen to a couple of podcasts and you'd suggested that this was something that I should do some investigation on my own with. And I started diving into it and thought, okay, it's just crazy enough that I have to try it because beans are not expensive right? So no matter what your budget, you're not buying, you know, $3,000 protocols and supplements and all of these things. Actually, Karen's protocol is very anti-supplement, which is, I know, a little bit different than, than your philosophy, Sabina. And I was like, it's inexpensive. Anyone can do it. It's just crazy enough to maybe work. Yeah. And so I tried it. <laughs> yeah. And- I love beans and I've gotten my mom on it. My mom has gotten my sister on it. Um, 
Joe, Grace, and Kaylee are on the Bean Protocol, and everybody has felt a difference. So I would say you touched on it, and one thing from experience, just for people who are like, oh, Bean's the magical fruit, right? Um, (laughs) Everybody knows the song about the magical fruit. And Karen actually addresses that. It's not the beans that bring on the bloating and the gas. It's actually your gut health. If you get gas, it means that there's food. Fermentation. Right. Fermenting in your stomach. Yeah, in your gut. Yeah. And so the beans, because they're removing that, that's the beans interact with the fermenting food. And as you're getting that out of your system, that's where the bloating and the gas comes from. And so if you stick with it, uh, the beans will actually cure the fermentation and it'll alleviate that, that gassiness and that bloating. And so beans, something I would say, uh, everyone can easily add into their diet. And that's and that's the beauty of it, right? There are so many different tips and tricks. And this is kind of what I work with. For you, we tried the protocol that I have, which is we're removing some of the foods, we're introducing a lot more vegetables, we're introducing um, home-cooked meals, cooking healthier foods, removing definitely gluten, which you were actually before on the gluten. And... We reintroduced them slowly, but we also added in a bunch of supplements that we tested and we just felt like those could really help you. And we knew exactly which part of your body and which system to target, which were your adrenals. So we targeted your adrenals. We targeted your gut um, with some HCL as well to just produce more hydrochloric acid in your stomach to break down the foods easier. So, and I think all those components definitely helped. If you want to then introduce the bean protocol, it is a little bit tricky because as Jamie mentioned, Karen Hurd is not a fan of supplements or believes you don't have to have them if you eat enough beans and the right amount. And there's a whole science to it, how to do it. You can go and check that out on her website. But both of the things work and it both of them are really good because the basis of it is Eat whole foods, remove the sugars, remove the remove the the heavy carbs or remove the sugar. Did I mention sugars? I did. But also remove the gluten. So and the alcohol is an important thing too. So if you do that and you also increase your exercise, exercise is a really, really important part in this to just get your body moving and to get all the inflammation out of out of your system. And that's something we talk with Jamie and about as well so as we said this is kind of a continuation of the last episode yeah if you do that you will see some changes of course a lot of people are a little bit turned off of that is the changes don't come easy and they afford your effort your observation your and my adjustment to it so we have to talk about it what works for you and what doesn't it isn't explore exploring your body, right? Like relearning a lot of things, also rethinking of how you thought about food and meals before. And um, you have to give it some time. It can take up, for some people, it works in three months. For others, it takes up to a year to really see a difference. And like I said, it's no, no cookie cutter procedure here. It is all individual. It is bio-identical um, and individual balanced out programs so and again with me if we if we work together and Jamie knows that we talk once a week or every other week and you can really make some strikes 
straits. <laughs> yeah. And I think you touched on something right there too, because we, I think everyone in general knows eat more green vegetables. You might not have known about the bean protocol and how um, successful that can be, but, you know, basically have fiber in your diet, have uh, healthy, lean proteins, have beautiful green vegetables, don't eat very much sugar, don't have caffeine, don't have alcohol. And that, like you mentioned, can sound really rigid and not very much fun. So we turn to what we call quote unquote comfort foods, right? So I know right now being in California, it's quite different than Oahu weather-wise. And I have been really cold and craving soup and carbs and warm things, (laughs) you know, so really being aware of that piece, what the emotional attachment to certain foods is, right? Like, why do we call it comfort foods? It's so interesting to me as I've been diving into how food really fuels your mind and your body over the last year. Why do we associate food with emotion and how, when it's an unhealthy attachment, do you break down those barriers and retrain your body to think of food as sustenance and something that really builds your day in a way that feels strong and energetic and healthy rather than, oh gosh, I'm going to have ice cream or, oh, I desperately needed a glass of wine because I've had a really hard work day, those types of things. Do you have any thoughts on the emotional attachment. Yeah, I, yeah, it's it's definitely something that's a really hard cycle to break and it just affords a lot of thinking, right? It affords the I'm I'm going to do an, an example. It is Christmas morning. Your parents presented you with cinnamon buns, which is very traditional American, right? To eat those on Christmas and what why do you need them? They are sugary, they are sticky, they super sweet, they gooey. You can have them. How about that? Have a piece of it. Maybe even make them yourself if you can and make them gluten-free. Step number one, they're a little bit better for you. Or ask yourself the question when you have them in front of you, do you need to eat a whole thing of them, like a whole one of them, to have that emotional connection? Or could you just smell them and you eat a piece of it and be totally happy? Because you know, after this, there's bacon waiting for you because we can have bacon. Bacon is a good fat. You can have fats. Like don't think that fats are bad for you. Women's need fat in order to make healthy hormones. So are men. We have to keep them definitely in check, but they are a good source of fat to have. You can have bacon and then have scrambled eggs or however you like your eggs with it. And you can also have your coffee if you need it. Just do it all in moderation and then see if this little piece of cinnamon bun did the trick or if you need some more so fill yourself up with the good things and then still have a little piece of that if you really need that and maybe your emotional attachment with that is satisfied yeah and it's so i mean we'll talk about that i think you just gave a teaser into what the next few episodes will be all about how to not just survive the holiday season but how to thrive and what that looks like for everyone who you know, has, has different triggers that happen during the holiday seasons. But I think 
the awareness piece is really, I mean, you've taught me so much and, and pointed me in the right direction of people like Karen who have built this beautiful wealth of, of research in their library. And so I've learned so much about the actual body and how it responds to different, you know, sources of nutrition, whether it's for better or for worse. And then, and then taking that a step deeper, how my body specifically, like you mentioned, I was already off of gluten because I know that that is something that it just messes with the way that I detox hormones. And so I've been off gluten for more than a decade. So that one, I didn't, I kind of lucked out. I was already in that practice. So you, when you said that I, it was something that I already do. So learning how my specific body works with individual nutrients, but I think, you know, there's a way to not just survive, but, but also thrive. And so how can you find the balance? And maybe there's non-negotiables. So, you know, maybe you want to fix your adrenals because you love the ritual of a cup of coffee in the morning. And so you want to get to the place where your body can handle it and it doesn't, you know, deter you from having great sleep or having great skin or not having the crash right. at 3 p.m. because, you know, you've you've spiked your your system with with this uh, chemical reaction. And so that awareness piece is is key. And that's, I would say, if I could just share one aha thing that I've gained from you over the last year on this nutritional journey, it's not walking around with blinders on or not even blinders, but I think the status quo and walking around doing things just because that's what I've always done. And that's my routine, really looking at my routine and saying, is this serving me? Am I eating at 10 a.m. and snacking, going to the the pantry and snacking because that's just what I do at 10 a.m.? Or right. am I coming home uh, at the end of the workday and pouring a glass of wine because that's just what I do? And is it actually serving me anymore? So that's the gift I think you've really given me. Yeah. And I think it's it, it's all those questions, right? And sometimes we don't even know the why or we don't know, oh, we're doing this because there is another deficiency in our body. Like if you are having cravings after you eat a meal for something sweet, then I can tell you most likely you didn't eat enough healthy fats in that meal. And this is why you're still not satisfied. So your body is reaching for more of the satisfaction. And the first thing that your brain wants is some sugar, some carbs, and that's just it. Or if you're reaching for this glass of wine, is it because you are just mentally drained, you want to come down really fast and alcohol can only give that to you. And part of my practice is not just like the body image and the body, body image is not a part at all um, because the pounds, you will lose them automatically once your body is completely balanced again. So it it is the, why are you reaching for that glass of wine? Are you not able to calm down on your own, like maybe you need to start taking a deep breath and just feeling within you what stressed you out today. Maybe it is better to sit down for five minutes and journal really quick about your day so you can sleep calmly instead of having that glass of wine and dehydrating yourself right before you go to bed, which will probably be the payback will come the next morning when you feel like crap. So those are just some things that I'm trying to teach as well. It is the body, mind, and soul connection um, that I'm really, really passionate about. And I believe truly in that, that listen within, 
listen to your mind, listen to your soul, figure out what really serves you, and then introducing those healthy foods that can support all that as well. And it is a process. It is a process of learning. So it won't come overnight. And it really, it is like we said before, everybody is at a different stage in their in their journey. So I have clients I work with, they will get it really quickly and they already done the work right beforehand. Or we have I have clients that are pretty new to the whole exploration and they take them back and they don't really see the benefit in it. So my approach is always a little bit different. But yeah, it's it's a really, really cool thing to do. I love helping others. Um, I, I'm i not perfect myself. So as I go and work with my clients and Jamie knows that as I worked with her as my beta testing, I found out a lot more things about myself too. And I, at the same time, whatever she tried, I jumped on it too. And then we shared our experiences together as well. So it is a journey. I love that. I think like with everything else and, you know, even the name of this show, the art of wellness, I think it's ever changing and that's okay. It's, it's not, we work together, you know, for you and me, it's not that I got to work with you for six months and for the rest of my life. Now I'm have a a perfect relationship with nutrition and my body never has ailments, right? It's, (laughs) it's always a work in progress. And I think that's why if I had to pinpoint one thing that has been the biggest game changer for me in my work with you over this last year, it's the awareness piece and getting a little bit more in tune at the beginning. You shared that, you know, if you listen, your body will tell you what it needs. Right. And it was really difficult. I'm like, well, my body's telling me I want the caffeine. (laughs) I want the cheese. I want the dairy. And when you practice it a little bit more, it becomes a lot easier easier. And it's funny because being, you know, we're here, uh, for work for my husband and, you know, I'm remote. And so I get to, I get the luxury of going if he needs to travel, which is wonderful. And it does throw the routine off a little bit. I Mm -hmm. haven't had beans, I think this week and it's, you know, what is today? It's Friday. I've probably only had four meals that incorporated beans and I'm, I notice a difference. I crave it. And so I think the more that you practice that awareness, the easier it becomes just like with anything else. What would you share? So we've talked about Karen as an amazing resource for anybody who would like to dive into the bean protocol and see if it's something that they would want to do. Do you, you follow a lot of people on Instagram? I do. Are there any other resources that you would share for people who are interested and wanting to maybe be in the research phase of what could potentially help them? Well, number one, if you have any questions, you can always contact me over Instagram under Miss Wilkin. And you can also contact me via email. I'm super happy to help. I do free discovery calls where we can just share what's actually going on. But if you are looking for just some great recipe inspirations, and I'm not fully there yet, the content that I have created is not, I haven't really published anything. This is all coming in the later phase. Somebody that's really an inspiration for me and that I um, use a lot as a resource is Casey Joy from Fed and Fit. She has some really, really great recipes. They are easy to make. She also has some books out there that are about meal prepping that just 
are really, really quick. You just prep everything once a week and then you have it in your fridge and you just have to take it out and don't think much about it and cook it that night off. So it's not like old leftovers, but it's fresh. Um, somebody that I adore and love is Paleo MG. She is Julie Bauer. Really amazing. Definitely sassy. So if you're looking for a little sass for a nutritionist and workout inspiration, she is the girl to go to. And then, yeah, at the top of my head, I follow a lot of NTPs. Um, there's a lot of nutritional therapies that I are within my network. And I just take bits and pieces from them, ex chat with them about different issues. So I just I just do that. I scam through it a little bit. But again, like I have basically the foundations from my school. I'm so happy I took that one-year course and I went through an NTP or NTA program because it just gave me so much of the foundation. And there's always more to learn. And I'm a really, really eager person to learn more. And the thing that we, why we wanted to start this podcast is to share all the learning we do, right? To like give it, create free content to, to give it to you because more people need to be more aware of what they put in their body, how they communicate with, with others, um, how they are a better person in all different ways or how they can become a better person. <laughs> If you're not already one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. Um, thank you for sharing those resources. And, you know, it's not not everything, as you mentioned, uh, and Karen talks about this a lot, is a quick fix. So you have to be diligent and make small, consistent changes. And in my experience, if you do want to see results, if you're like me and you're not necessarily patient, you're willing to put in the work and be consistent, but you are also not very patient and want to see results and the fruits of your labor, I'd say remove the caffeine and add in the beans and you'll see some instant results. At yeah. least I did. And move your body, right? Like move your body. And with all that, you will finally have the energy to move your body. You will feel it that you want to move your body. You don't feel sluggish anymore. Maybe one of the things I wanted to add too is once you work with me or you take the approach that I have, your practitioner, your your nutritional practitioner does not want you to return for another consultation if you already done a six-month program or a 12-month program with them because we want to give you all the guidelines, all the resources that you can figure out your own issues for yourself. And... Jamie knows that she will have here and there like another question of like, hmm, tell me, why is that happening? And then I give her the like the reason behind and the resources. And she's like, all right, it totally makes sense now. Yeah, I think that's a good call out. Uh, it's the same with coaching for me, right? If my clients never leave me, I feel like I've done them a disservice. I'm not actually coaching the way that I should. And it's not a powerful experience. My goal is to make sure that we, we do the work that needs to be done so that they can thrive. And then when things come up in the future, absolutely feel free to call me. I always share that and we can we can hop in and, and have a quick session. But ultimately, the tools that I give, I want my clients to be able to take those moving forward to be their own coach and to know and assess what's happening for themselves um, as really a learned skill. And I think, Sabina, that's where you and I really have the same philosophy in our practices, even though our coaching is quite different. Ultimately, 
our goal is to make it so that our clients can coach themselves in the future. And it's a really good combination. Like you can choose to go first with Jamie or then with me. (laughs) (laughs) Or we just share something. No, but it is... It is the both pieces, right? To feel completely confident within your body, appreciate what your body is doing for you and that you are capable of whatever you put your head to, right? But there are just certain things that can support the way how you want to be, which is the nutrition, the the peace of mind, the mental capacity, and then also the communication. And like Jamie will help you to get to your goals too. Yeah. Well... Sabina, I think that wraps up this episode. I think it's been great to really have the energy connection with Jamie Ann and then the mind-body connection as far as nutrition helping uh, cope with maybe day-to-day anxieties. But as we focus on mental health awareness, I think it was really great to really touch on both sides, as you said, the mind-body-spirit connection. And Next time, we are going to be continuing the conversation around how to thrive, right? So this theme of we're not just surviving the holidays, we're actually thriving through the holidays, and a little bit more about how to be in choice around what happens, because Sabina and I have found in our own families and our own experiences that the holidays, although I'm a huge holiday fan, can actually be quite stressful when you have so many people that you want to see and traditions and expectations. And, you know, there's, there's also a feeling of doing too much. And so from a family perspective, we'll be talking about our experiences and tips and tricks on how to thrive as we go through November and December. Yeah, that's going to be a juicy one. We might share a lot of personal stories here. Yeah, there's definitely been times where I felt like, oh my gosh, I just, I did so well in my timing and my scheduling and it felt really great. And then there's been other times where I have definitely not held my boundaries and ended up being the Grinch of the holiday season and not enjoying myself. And I feel like the people around me probably didn't enjoy it either. So yeah. it <laughs> sneaks up on you. Stories. <laughs> it sneaks up on you. You can't control it all the time and we don't want to control it. We want to embody it. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thank you, Jamie, for talking. And yeah, I'm looking you. forward to recording the next episode with you. I hope our listeners enjoyed that little one. That's not the longest conversation we had so far, but I think there's a lot of good stuff here. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for sharing your nutritional expertise with us. And until we talk again, don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up, people. Bye. Talk soon. Bye.